Blog Talk Radio. There's some dangerous large uh, carnivore out there. Yeah, I saw that bird get the young deer off the road and fly away. And uh, it was just about getting dark, and we started panicking, running down the bridge, not really having any clue what was throwing rocks in our vicinity, good-sized rocks. And uh, I stopped long enough to get a 367 out of my backpack and looked back, and that's when I thought I saw one. actually attacked two railroad workers, uh, killed livestock, you know, just a lot of weird stuff that was going on. Sunday afternoon, Monster Exorcist. This is your host, Gunnar Monson, uh, also founder of Sasquatch Coffee Company. And you can check that out at www.squatchcoffee.com. Um, go get you some. Uh, <laughs> Bruce, Bruce is uh, sending me messages. I, normally, my, my good friend Shane is, is on the air already with me, but uh, he just sent me a, a picture of a flat tire. So he is running a little, he was running a little behind, now he's, uh, we don't know if he'll make it or not, to be honest with you. This weekend, both he and I were up at, uh, with uh, Derek and Tom and John and, and at the Olympic Project, and uh, it was, they had a public expedition, reportedly this will be the last public expedition that they that they do, so we got to meet new people, uh, see friends that uh we don't get to see all the time. Um, Tom and Alexis from Montana were there. Then uh, uh, my friend from Dallas, whose name is escaping me right now, I'm having a senior moment, were there. Um, you know, met some new friends. Uh, Chris uh, had some interesting audio stuff. And the whole weekend was a good time. Uh, Shane and I actually went out at a remote camp Friday night in an area where um, – they had had um, an incident of, of a sighting of something bipedal. Uh, the, the gentleman that uh, that James that had the sighting, very pragmatic about his approach to bigfooting, and that and won't say you know for certain because he can't say for certain that it, it was absolutely a bigfoot they saw. They they did find it's in an area where there's been some other activity, um, and. 
they actually, he and uh, David Ellis, uh, found some footprints close to that location the same day. Um, so it's great weekend, uh, good times. The When they do the public expeditions with the Olympic project, they always have speakers and um, great, all, all the speakers, it's a great job. Uh, some friends, close friends of mine, Dave and, and then Cindy and Barb, all did presentations. Um, Cindy Dosen did a, a presentation on hair analysis, and um, she she uh, did a great job. It was fascinating. All the stuff that that uh, um, people talked about. Barb Olvera uh, did a presentation. She's put some thought into uh, the Bigfoot. You know all the infighting and the focus of uh, Bigfooting needing to be on actually doing things scientifically. Um, so, and and how because she's uh, get working on her biology degree. So, um, how you approach you know it's, it's interesting because we always talk about Bigfooters always talk about how you know scientists won't pay any attention to the the subject and. And really, there's a way to approach um, scientists, and it has to be on their terms. We're the ones, you know, the the responsibility to present things in a scientific way. I can't go say, hey, I, I go out camping and, and I heard something. Would you, you know, do a scientific study on it? Just never going to happen. Um, so it was it was a it was a great talk. And uh, Cindy Cadell did a, a presentation on like the different possible, uh, all the, the tree of, of primates and stuff and, and going through what, what their characteristics are. And, and it, it opened up to lively debate about uh, um, whether or not uh, B is a, is a chite antipithecus and, or is it something that's not on the, it doesn't even show up in the, the fossil and molecular um, record. So, and it, it was a great time. David Ellis did, did a presentation on on uh, audio analysis, which was fascinating to me because a lot of the the excuse me, a lot of the evidence that that we gather in in the our research area is is audio in nature. And uh, he is, of course, Dave and and Larry, who's part of our team, work together really closely and. Uh, Dave, putting those two together, of course, Larry just absorbs things like a sponge and studies, and and when he is given a new challenge, he dives right in and, and uh, studies it and, and learns all the ins and outs of it, which he uh, moved moved the, the process of you know, the audio evidence in, uh, with our group forward leaps and bounds. So, and, I, and I had known David before, so about a year ago, a little over a year ago, um, uh, several members of our our group, the Tomac Forest Research Group, went up and and did a public expedition with the the Olympic Project. And uh, I I hooked Larry and uh, David up, and they went off in their own little world and and uh, talked about you know audio nerdy stuff. Uh, so it was a good time. Um, I said Shane and I went out and camped uh, 
remotely up on the hillside in uh, uh, on Friday night. I'm trying to keep track of the days, but uh, and uh, nothing happened. It was a quiet night. Um, you know, we didn't have any uh, Bigfoot activity that we're of. Uh, of course, now I know Shane put out three audio recorders, and uh, I put out one. And uh, so now it's a matter of processing that, going through those recordings and see if there's any nuggets of activity. It's interesting. Sometimes, you you know, you we go to bed and we go to sleep and we don't hear anything, but you go and review audio and, and you get some interesting um, tidbits. The last time Shane was up at the Olympic Project, I know that he recorded um, what sounds very much like a, a, a gorilla slapping it pounded on his chest, which um, he shared with, with David, who is is a, a great resource. He, he found, um, it's interesting, the whole audio thing, we've talked about it before, is is watching your, your audio uh, allows you to look for, you know, things that fit certain patterns and, and um, when you have a, a similar sound, how they they actually look alike where where we might listen to them and, and interpret them um, differently. Um, you might have three people, you know, that listen to it and they all hear something different. I heard a, a slap. I heard a, a grunt. I heard, you know, so it, it's very interpretive. But when you look at it um, on, the, on a spectrograph, it's definitely uh, um, much better. So, Excuse me. So um, I'm going to invite our guest. Our guest today is, excuse me, Michael Hall. Um, Michael is a an actor who's who's uh, going appeared in in uh, TV shows and and uh, of quite a few movies and is in the movie that was just previewed at the Ohio Bigfoot Conference called Something in the Woods. Um, and with that. I will have our friend come on. Good evening, hey, Michael. How are you, buddy? I'm you good. Doing? How are you? I'm feeling good. I'm a little tired, worn out, you know, uh, <laughs> camping, looking, staying up all night looking for Bigfoot or, or yeah. to the wee hours anyway. Um, a lot of fun, but uh, we were up late last night too, so it's just night and we, we went out in the and uh, actually did a form of hide-to-seek with uh, thermals. Uh, Derek Randalls wanted to, uh, had this idea to send some people out into the the hills and and hide, and then we sent out uh, like three groups with three therms, and we tried to find them, and the idea was to see how difficult it would be for to uh, catch one of them on a therm. And uh, it, it was... I can tell you that it it uh, was a great exercise. You know, talk about your ultimate hide and seek game, but uh, <laughs> it was it was a good time, and uh, it you know just it went to show how hard that it will be to find something on a on a with the thermal just wandering around in the woods. You got to be very selective about it, what areas you use a thermal, right? Because obviously, anytime you get vegetation. Um, between the subject and yourself, it does, they don't see through vegetation. So, right. so tell us a little bit, 
let's tell us tell the monster Rexers a little bit about yourself, Michael. Uh, what have you done? Okay. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I, I don't know if we have enough time on the show. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, no, I, I got into acting uh, many years ago. I uh, started in theater, of course, and, and worked my way up. And uh, A few years ago, I uh, was fortunate enough to uh, finally get an agent and uh, and was starting to do, just started doing some things in, uh, in film and television, and, and uh, I've been very fortunate so far. Uh, uh, done uh, episodes I was in LA for a little while and and did some uh, episodes of uh, uh, the Gilmore Girls and, and the Practice and Without a Trace and uh, the uh, BMW Z4 commercial uh actually it was like a short film uh, uh, if you were buying a BMW Z4 when it came out uh brand new uh, you received a DVD uh, with the car, and it had ten short, uh, ten to fifteen minute long little short uh, action movies featuring the uh, car, and uh, and Clive Owen was the star of every one of these. But they were each directed and and written and directed by different uh, uh, popular action movie directors. Uh, and the one I was part of, I played an FBI SWAT team guy, um, uh, and it was directed by John Wu, who, okay, yeah. uh, he's director of uh, Mission Impossible 2 and several other uh, big things. So it was really neat because uh, we got to watch the stuntmen uh, do their thing with the car, uh, uh, actually actually nearly got wiped out uh uh, by a car. Uh, there were, at that time, it was really cool because at that time there were only six pre-production models of the Z4 in existence. And uh, they had two of them on set that day and I watched them completely destroy one of those cars. And in <laughs> listening to the, the people talk, those pre-production models cost about $650,000 a piece. Because the car that's, wasn't yeah, these were amazing. yeah, and I was just wa- I just watched them destroy this car. They did a jump with the Z4. The stunt driver did, uh, and uh, it, it, it was amazing. Uh, and you know, uh, I you know got back to Texas, and and uh, there's a lot of film industry here, uh, a lot of commercials, a lot of uh, independent films, a lot of uh, bigger movies that come into the Austin area. Uh, very popular uh, place to film. So I, cool. Yeah. um, So I I just got to think, it was like, you know, why, you know, why can't I just, you know, you know, work my career here uh, in my home state and uh, be close to family and, and uh, friends. And, and uh, so that's what I've done. And, uh, um, you know, we, we just, you know, just, uh, it's like any other job. Uh, a lot of people think it's, you know, uh, kind of all the glitz and glamour. And, and I can promise you that if you're 
if you're working 16-hour days in August in Texas uh, <laughs> outside, and uh, uh, and you're doing that seven days a week for you know however many weeks, uh, it's it's definitely a job. Uh, it, it you know you're getting very little sleep and uh, you're away from your family and you're you know it's just constant go 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 go. And you have to know, uh, of course, know your lines, know your parts, know the scenes, know you know, know what you're doing. And uh, but I've been I've been lucky. I've been uh, I've been very uh, a lot of great people, made a, a heck of a lot of friends, and uh, and and just that's that's about it. I mean, I grew up in a little town called Maybank, Texas. Uh, it's about an hour and a half, uh, well, maybe an hour uh, southeast of Dallas. And uh, uh, at the time, I think the population was somewhere around 3,000, 3,500, something like that. Hasn't changed too much since then. Um, uh, currently, I live in Ennis, Texas, which is just south of Dallas, about half an hour. And, uh, you know, I, I uh, uh, just, you know, I get up every morning and, and uh, you know, try to, send in as many auditions as I can and uh, try to get as much stuff done as I can every day. And, you know, you've got films that you uh, are a part of. And, and there's a, I think there's a, I can't remember who, who said it. I would rather have a small part in a film that I care about than to be the lead actor in a movie I didn't, uh, that I don't care about. Uh, so, I kind of go with that adage every day and with an attitude and, and uh, if I care about something and, you know, I throw myself into it and, and uh, so far so good. Uh, I've, I've done a lot of background work on the TV show Dallas and uh, uh, Chase when it was filming here and uh, Lone Star and, and uh, I did uh, the movie The Alamo and, uh several others, uh, uh, American Outlaws and uh, a movie that just got released last uh, fall uh, by Lionsgate. I was, I was, uh, I was a co-star uh, called uh, Devil's Deal. Uh, you can find it on DVD. Uh, you can go to Amazon.com. You can go to Walmart.com or uh, wherever and, uh, uh, and look it up. It's a uh, it's pretty good pretty good movie, uh, and that's where I met David Ford, uh, who uh, called me about this current movie that we just filmed last year, and we're going to premiere it this next uh, Friday in Ohio at the uh, Ohio Bigfoot Conference. It's called oh, I'm in the Woods. Right, I misstated that. I was thinking, for some reason, I was under the impression that the Ohio Bigfoot Conference was this the weekend we're in right now. It's next weekend. Yeah. Sorry about that, Mark. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah. um, so that's something. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, I've watched the previews you sent. You know, and uh, yeah. it, I like the the feel of the the previews. It doesn't look like your your typical. Um, monster movies, slasher, you know, that seems to be the way that a lot of the the Bigfoot movies 
go. It looks, I mean, this one looks like it has a good story, and and uh, I'm looking forward right. to seeing it. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's one of the things that's kind of funny is you, you, there's things that you remember or recall. Uh, I have a hard time sometimes remembering what I did last week, but I, you know, <laughs> um, uh, but I remember very clearly the night I, w- I was sitting here at home and my phone rang and I, I saw that it was David Ford and uh, I picked up the phone and, and he was like, hey man, how's it going? I'm like, yeah, it's going good, you know, and and uh, uh, we visited for a little bit and he said, you know, I, I'm calling because I have an idea and um, for a movie and I want to get your take on it. And I said, sure. Uh, so he laid out the entire story for me uh, over the phone and I was like, wow, um, that's that's pretty awesome. And uh, he said, do you think people would like it? <laughs> You think people would want to see that? And I was like, uh, absolutely. And uh, he called me because I have been in uh, research as well, uh, field research with a group called Texla, uh, Cryptozoological Research. And uh, and uh, he knew that because we had talked about it. And uh, uh, so... <laughs> He wanted me to give him the the technical information uh, when it came to Bigfoot because this film was a Bigfoot story. And he said, I, I want to make sure that when we do this, we do it right. And you know, my, I suggested to him to, to just start going online and, and reading as many reports as he could, and he'd already done a lot of that. Um and then if he had questions, you know, he would just call me and uh, he would send over pages of the script that dealt with this. And he'd ask me, does this sound sound right? Uh, and I would make notes and call him back and send it back and, and or just whatever. And, and uh, before too long, he, he said, I've got the completed script and I want you to read it. And uh, so I wasn't thinking anything other than that. And he goes... So I read it, and I called him. I said, man, this is great. And he said, good, because I want you to play Carl. <laughs> and I was like, really? He's like, yeah, yeah, I want you to play Carl in the movie. And I said, well, uh, what's the likelihood of us actually getting this film off the ground? He said, I've already started. Uh, we've got this and this. And, 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 of course, with any film, uh, you go through a, uh, a process uh, of getting it uh, from the, from the written page uh, uh, to actually having the actors and the crew and the... so um, um, he called me back a few days later and he said I need some help uh, would you mind being a producer <laughs> uh, I was like oh, okay <laughs> so, here's another uh, hat for you <laughs> yeah here's another hat and uh, uh, so um, this was uh, uh, he said it's going to you know you know it's from the script, it's a period piece for the most part, and uh, he said, "I got it. You know, we got to get." Uh, so we I, we sat down and just kind of talked about things that we, that we needed. Uh, you know, we needed period correct uh, cars, and we needed period correct uh, furniture and things like that. And so we just started blanketing 
trying to figure out ways to get this stuff, and we had really no budget. Uh, that was the that was the kicker. We 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 were having to call in favors, and we were having to ask for favors, and we were uh, and and we filmed the entire movie in East Texas uh, near Caddo Lake in, in the city of Jefferson. And it just so happened that um, the East Texas director of the of the Texas Film Commission, uh, he's the director over that region, lives in Jefferson, and 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 um, David knows him. Uh, his name is Ron Holloman, uh, wonderful guy, great guy, and uh, uh, and so we spoke to him, and and he started putting us in touch with certain people that to help us get things done, and before you knew it, we had. Um, you know, we had restaurants that were donating food for the cast and crew every day that we were shooting. We had locations that were, uh, you know, the city of Jefferson come on board and just, you know, they were wonderful to us uh, and really helped us out. And uh, David went through the casting process and got everybody and um, uh, all the, you know, the kids that were for you know, all this stuff and uh, we got extras for certain scenes and and uh, uh, just went through this whole thing. It seemed like everything just kind of fell into place. And uh, um, we got to the uh, part about uh, the Bigfoot creature that, that we were going to have in the film. And we're like, uh, how, you know, what are we going to do? And David pained over this for a while. It was really a a, a trial. Uh, for him to try to figure out what to do, and uh, a gentleman uh, that was that he had cast uh, as our sheriff said, "Hey, I know a guy. Um, his name is Travis Driver, and uh, he lives in Henderson, Texas, which is in East Texas too. Uh, you might want to give him a call. He's a really good uh, makeup effects artist. Uh, does really good work, and." So David called him and kind of back and forth on the phone several times and and asked him if he thought he could do this. And finally Travis said, yeah, I can do this. Well, I didn't know. I, I thought the guy, I kind of, uh, I'm saying this because I, I love Travis to death. He's a great guy. But at first I, I didn't know who he was. And, and uh, so David calls me and says, hey, we've got a guy that's going to build a suit. I said, great. You know, where did he come from? Is he, you know, and he was telling me, oh, he's a great make, makeup artist on this. And I said, uh, so he does this for a living. And David goes, no, 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 he uh, he owns a coffee shop. <laughs> I thought maybe <laughs> and for I went, a minute you were going to say he was a taxidermist or something. <laughs> no, he, he, no, he owns, a, uh, he owns a little coffee shop uh, combination cafe restaurant thing in uh, – uh, in Henderson, and uh, I, I just immediately took a really hard swallow and was like, okay. Uh, and from that point on, up until the day that I actually, um, uh, Amtrak runs a train between uh, Dallas and Jefferson, and, and, and I was going to take the train. And so um, uh, I was sitting at the train station in Dallas, in downtown Dallas, and I was nervous about everything, and and uh, and I was texting with David, and he goes, "Hey, maybe this will make you feel better." And he sent me a, a short video clip uh, that Travis had done of the suit, of the costume that he had built on a. It was 
on a mannequin in his workshop. And the moment that I saw it, I went, wow, we've got, we've got, uh, 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 this is going to be big. This is going to, this is going to be good. So those like, worries went away. Was that a suit that he'd already he had made previously, or he just he no, made it in no. the time frame? He made it specifically for this movie. Right. He made it specifically for this film. And uh, and I, I didn't get to know Travis really until we got on set, but uh, we had actually emailed back and forth because David had told him, hey, you need to get, get with Mike about, you know, how this thing looks and different ideas and everything. And so he would email me and I would send him uh, various artist renderings and drawings and things like that that, you know, he, he went to. And then uh, I gave him suggestions on uh, to what to read as far as uh, reports that may have descriptions and things like that. So he took all of that information and he compiled it into uh, his vision of of uh, what this uh, creature would look like. And we were fortunate, very fortunate, uh, in that uh, one of our guys on the film, uh, Tony Gibson, uh, uh, had a, a friend of his that was, I think he's about six foot, eight or nine and he got him to agree to come in and do the to to be the to be the creature and to say uh, when I first saw him on set it was like wow this is I mean it was just it was just and then the first shot to the first scenes I was on set when we shot a couple of scenes, uh, just real quick things where you can, he's running through the trees or the other side of the trees, you can just barely catch a glimpse, you know, kind of thing. And I was standing back and looking at this uh, from behind the camera and just, I was like, whoa. And then I watched the playback and, and was just blown away with how it, how it looked. Um, and, and we used a lot of, uh, old Hollywood, uh, film, uh, tricks in this, in this, uh, there's, there's no, um, uh, CGI. There's, this is all actual physical, uh, effects. And, uh, we just, you know, it, it really turned out well. And I was very impressed and, uh. I think everybody else in the Bigfoot world, especially, will be as well uh, when they see this. When they see this, uh, when he had the suit on, I think he was uh, he was about seven foot four, seven five, somewhere in that range, with the costume oh, wow, on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was very, uh, he was very uh, imposing, I should say, uh, to say the least. Uh, it, it just is, you know, it's, uh, David is. David is six three, and he would stand up next to this thing, and it made it look small. You know, I mean, it just—it was really, really awesome to. Uh, and the, and then to watch the scenes, the dailies every day, and there's a 
a particular scene in the film uh, that takes place in a barn at night uh, that I, I, when I first sat down with the, the uh, executive producer and we were watching uh, this, the different takes of this scene and, and stuff, it was like, it was one of those, you're, you're just like, this is, this is just awesome. You know, people in the well, audience are going to, you know, really wig out when they, you know, when they see so this in, guy. In the so. movie, there's actually some some clear shots of the the creature in the, the obviously the man well, in the suit. Well, uh, uh, yeah, uh, but here's the thing: uh, taking a cue from some older films uh, like The Legend of Boggy Creek, which was more of a uh, a uh, docudrama kind of, uh, and every and everybody knows that movie. And and if you watch how they film, because basically, uh, I I had David uh, read Lyle Blackburn's book, uh, Beast of Boggy Creek, and especially the section he talked about uh, uh, Charles Pierce and how they filmed, uh, how they actually filmed it, and you know, basically, they had a uh, uh, a cheap gorilla costume, and with the the full costume, and they went to um, a, a wig store, and they bought a bunch of wigs and cut them up, and sewed them to the headpiece and the shoulders, a more of a longer stringy hair look, and that's all they did. But the way they shot it, they they shot it in such a way that you. You, you could see something, but you weren't quite sure what you saw. Uh, there was definitely something on two legs there, but, it, you know, what was it? And uh, that's that's kind of the way this goes for, for the most part uh, of the film. Um, of course, uh, there has to be a payoff. Um, right. And, and and you take and, and you take uh, uh, take a cue from uh, Steven Spielberg and uh, uh, his first mega hit Jaws. Uh, uh, you know he started out wanting to show the shark all these different scenes, uh, but they couldn't get the damn thing to work, and so he was stuck trying to figure out how to how to do this. And so uh, this uh, this thing with the barrels and the you know and and the music and the you know and um, all this stuff uh, really uh, made that film a classic because it's not just you're not seeing you know the the whole shark you're seeing you know once you hear that music you know the shark is there. once you see those barrels you know the shark is there you, right. you know he's there uh, and that's more terrifying than actually seeing the shark yeah, the whole um, idea so, where is it. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's yeah. absolutely true. Yeah, yeah. So we took those so, we took those okay. ideas and premises and and we applied it to our film. Uh, and and that's and that's the way. The, I don't want to give too much away, but uh, <laughs> but uh, that's that. We took those ideas and we took the 
uh, everything. And even though, and that's the that's the that's the killer thing. That's the coolest thing about this is even though the suit and the costume look so amazing, uh, um, it, it had to be, in the distant shots you and and the other things that we're talking about that I'm talking about. We didn't. You can't see that level of detail. And it, and to, but we knew that at the you know in the big climactic uh, reveal, uh, there had to be an uh, amazing level of detail. And uh, <laughs> I, I was uh, actually on on set one day, and uh, uh, our actor that was wearing the suit was. Uh, uh, Sitting there, and he had the headpiece off, and and everything. And he was sitting there, and and the hands uh, were, uh, which were also separate. Um, they were laying there, and I, I picked one of them up and was looking at, it, and there was such finite detail in the fingernails. And and I turned it over, and I looked at the palm of the hand, and it had, uh, and on one of the fingers, it had a a a, a cut. Uh, that was an open wound that you could. It, he had painted it in to look like it was uh, a little bit bloody, uh, <laughs> and things like things, things like things that will never be seen uh, on camera. Um, and the feet were the same way. You would turn them over and look at the bottom, and there were dermal ridges, and there were. And I'm like, this guy thought of everything. You know things that were never going to be seen by the camera, but lent it lent itself to the actors in the film believing what they were seeing, which adds to the story. So uh, we're we're excited about it, and uh, uh, it is. It, I, I will say it's family friendly. Uh, you know, little bitty kids. The the you know it still may scare them a little bit, but it, it, you know. Um, you know, somebody that's uh, you know eight, nine, ten, twelve years old and older, uh, you you could sit down with them and and watch this film. There's no bad language. There's no uh, it's no blood and guts or anything like that. And and it just really is a a, a great story. Uh, and and that's another thing that I'm very proud about with this film. So. So that the... uh, means. What, what is the the story? It's because it's based on uh, a true story or or true of Spencer that is the, is the movie based on. Well, it's actually we don't say based on uh, uh, because that implies that we took the story itself and we, we say it's inspired by. Inspired, uh, because okay. what we yeah it, it's inspired by several different actual events that that were reported. Uh, the stories that are out there, uh, one of them being the Cal Manicopolis Beach, and I think you're familiar with that. And if your if your listeners are not familiar, just go. Um, you can actually go on YouTube, type in Cal Manicopolis Beach, and there's a video that comes up, and it, and it's just a, a scrolling dialogue uh, that tells the story uh, of of this what happened. Uh, we took elements from that, and we took elements from uh, the Ruby Creek incident. Uh, we took 
uh, elements from other uh, reports and we m meshed them all together into a storyline uh, about this fictional family. Uh, and, um, of course, then it was, David wanted to get a little more technical, and that's where I came in. He was like, okay, I want to talk about the things that you hear, the things that you find, the things that you see uh, when you're out researching. What, what you know? What kind of things do we need to? What kind of elements do we need to add, uh, especially as a visual uh, for the film? And uh, we talked about tree knocks, and we talked about vocalizations, and we talked about tracks, and and we talked about hair uh, finding hair, and we talked about uh, uh, tree structures and limb breaks, and and. Uh, just all kinds of elements of things that people have reported finding or, or experiencing. And uh, we talked about smell. And we talked about, you know, all these different things and incorporated uh, a lot of these into the storyline uh, so that, you know, and then uh, one, of the <laughs> one of the most interesting aspects was the vocalizations. Um. And and how were we going to do this? Because we didn't want to take what someone and because it's not high enough quality most of the time it's not high enough quality for film to take something that someone actually recorded out in the in the woods and then try to translate that to a movie. It just wouldn't work. So we were trying to work on this and decide how and this all took place after we had finished principal photography uh, we started talking about these vocalizations and and I told him, I said what we need to do is sit down and listen to actual recordings of recorded Bigfoot screams and howls and whoops and all these different things and then we need to re try and recreate those uh, in a sound studio as closely as we can and and he said, well, do we need to really be that close? And I said, well, you know, here's here's my thinking on this. I said, you know, especially someone who's a researcher or someone that's familiar with all of this uh, subject matter, uh, you want something that's going to trigger uh, their memory, something that they're going right. to sit there and go, wow, that that yeah, that that sounds so familiar. You know, that's you want it to be familiar to them. You know. Uh, especially someone who's had an experience or someone who's, you know, heard a vocalization or who's heard a whoop. Or... So uh, so we worked at that and we, we accomplished that. And uh, I think that uh, uh, when people, when you put all these elements together in the story uh, with the visuals and the sounds and the, the, the music, uh, I, I I told David I said I think we have lightning in a bottle, and uh, he was he said you know how how sure are you of this and I said well, and I'll I'll get into this uh, here in a second I I, I want to back up just for a moment and say uh, here a few months ago I had the uh, uh, the opportunity to to uh, talk with producers from the TV show Finding Bigfoot. Uh, they were going to be in Texas. They were going to be filming. They were looking for locations to go. And uh, we got to meet with them and sit down and talk with them. And we went down um, 
and met with uh, Matt uh, Moneymaker and with uh, uh, Cliff and Renee and Bobo and and uh, just in general conversation uh, while they were while we were there where they were filming the uh, uh, town hall sequence. Um, I was talking to the producer and I said something about the film and I showed him the trailer and he was like, wow, that's really good. Uh, and I was asking him about the show, Finding Bigfoot. And I said, well, you know, what kind of, you know, what kind of viewership do you have? And he said, uh, they, you know, somewhere around 12 million viewers a week, uh, during the season. So I told David that. I said, that that show has like 12 million viewers a week. That tells you the popularity of the subject matter. You know, people are, you know, I said, so you're the right subject. You've got the right audience. You're you're looking at how this is going to go. Now, are we looking for a theatrical release? That, that's kind of beyond our uh, wildest dreams at this point. We're really looking at a DVD release. I said, now, just think of this in these terms. Look at what we had for a budget and then imagine uh, even if the DVD was only sold for $10, every one of those 12 million viewers of Finding Bigfoot bought a copy. So that's the I mean... <laughs> Uh, and it was like, you know, I could see his eyes kind of doing that thing like the cartoon characters do. They just kind of spin. Uh, <laughs> so uh, he was like, yeah, well, we could, let's get this thing finished, you know. Let's get everything done. And and uh, so that's where we're at. And uh, uh, we pack up and leave for Ohio on Wednesday morning. And uh, we're going to drive up and, and uh, uh, Friday night. Uh, at 9.30 at the lodge at Salt Fork State Park, we are going to uh, show our very first public uh, screening. This is not a premiere. It's a screening. I know that Mark calls it a premiere. and We have to be very careful about uh, about that because distributors and just distribution companies, if they buy a product and they they wind up wanting to have a premiere, they don't want it to already have had one, if that gotcha. makes sense. So this sure. is a this is a screening this is a screening and the audience there is basically going to be a test audience. Um we're we're uh going to uh, have uh, cards uh that we're gonna place on every seat and at the end of the screening we're gonna ask uh, ask them, you know, during the film if they you know, see something or, you know, just any kind of comment they want to make. Uh, and then we're going to have a box for them to put it in, and then we're going to go through those cards and uh, see what the, the overall response is uh, from from the audience at uh, the Ohio Bigfoot Conference. And I can't think of a better place and a better audience to have to to show this film. And we're pretty pumped about it. So the film that you're showing in in Ohio is 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 not going to be the the one that that comes out film is that it's still a work in progress is that what you're Well no uh what I'm saying is that what they're going to see uh in Ohio is about 90% complete 
they are there's there are no missing scenes. Everything is edited together, edited together exactly how it's going to be presented to a distribution company. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some little technical things uh, like the color correction for uh, from scene to scene. Uh, some, you know, we have to do a, 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 there's a process called color correction that we have to do so that, that the colors from scene to scene uh, seem s- seamless. You know, you're not getting a, uh, you're not getting a scene that looks kind of grainy and then the next scene's real bright and then the next scene's real dark and, the, you know, uh, what they're going to see is, and, and there's not that much variation and unless mm-hmm. you're a filmmaker, unless you're a a a, a filmmaker, uh, someone who's used to seeing this, uh, you're just an audience. There's these the, the things that we're going to have to go back after the conference and and finish working on are uh, so minute to an audience uh, and a perspective that it's not going to what they're going to see is the is the film. The things that we have to go back, there's a few audio things that we're going to have to fix. We know that. We we have a couple of other little uh, areas that we have to, to go in and, and fix, uh, and the color correction needs to be done. But as far as the, the audio and the music and and the credits and all that, everything, all of those elements are in place, and they're, and they're, they're there. And so they're going to see uh, the... the the product as it will be uh, when it comes out, except it will be better when it comes out. Just in in the sense of the quality, the 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 scene to scene colors and the uh, some of the audio will be fixed, and a couple of other little tidbits. Uh, but for the most part, this is you're going to see the film. Gotcha. It's be yeah. Out. It's just little technical things that we just have run out of time before the conference to get fixed. Um, sure, yeah. I mean, and that's—I mean—that's just part of making movies, I guess. Is and you know, obviously, I'm not—I'm not real familiar with the movie industry, but it—it's—it's uh, it's exciting for the people. You know, what a what a cool treat for the people that are going to the to the Ohio Paper Conference this weekend to get the to see. Oh yeah. Um, uh, an unveiling of, of uh, yeah. a screening, to use the right word, to screening of a of a movie. So what would you say? Before, I mean, obviously, you know, um, your movie is is got to be your favorite Bigfoot movie. You have a little bias, but other than yeah. your, your uh, you know something in the woods, uh, what what would you say is your Bigfoot favorite Bigfoot movie? Uh. Wow, that's <laughs> uh, that's a that's kind of a hard question to answer. I have a couple. Uh, of course, I have to say Legend of Boggy Creek uh, because that kind of kicked off my interest and fascination with the subject matter when I was about ten years old. Um, I saw it on a late night movie with a, some buddies of mine who come over for a sleepover. And uh, it was coming on TV as the late movie. Uh, and I had never heard of it. And we thought, and, and the TV guy just gave a little brief description uh, that said, you know, monster terrorizes a southern town. And we thought, hey, this, 
yeah, we can stay up, you know. And uh, we begged and begged and begged to stay up, and so we did. And and uh, the next morning, my grandparents, I lived with my grandparents, they got up and w- they woke us up because they were laughing so hard. Uh, because we lived in a farmhouse out in the country, and, and the back of the house had these great big windows all around uh, on two sides of the room. And when they got up, uh, there was a side door that went out to a big porch on the side. When they got up, the TV was still on. All the lights in the living room were on. There was a door (laughs) propped up, a chair propped under the door. All the curtains were pulled closed, and we were all sleeping in a huddled mass in the middle of the room. Um, it, It, you know, really scared us, you know. And, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're not the only kids that have that experience. <laughs> Probably not, but uh, it was interesting. Well, other than, uh, what, you said there was a couple of them. Yeah, uh, my other one uh, is um, uh, the creature from Black Lake. Um, not sure if you know that one. I actually don't. That, that one's. I'm trying to Cre- place look that at one. It, uh, yeah. Yeah, Creature from Black Lake was uh, shot uh, actually uh, on Caddo Lake, which is near Jefferson, where we filmed our movie. Uh, And it was filmed in uh, uh, about 1975 or 76. And uh, and it had some some, uh, familiar. uh, But the biggest name in the film was, uh, if you remember, Jack Elam, uh, the great character actor. Uh, Jack Elam, who starred in uh, so many westerns and so many things back in the 50s and 60s. and uh, In fact, I just saw him on TV uh, yesterday. Uh, 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 he played uh, the deputy in uh, Support Your Local Sheriff with uh, James Garner. Uh, he had great comedic timing and everything, but uh, uh, he played in this movie, and, and it's really interesting. Uh, there's a uh, a girl in the film that plays a waitress at a local diner and uh in this little Louisiana Louisiana town of Oil City, Louisiana, which is a real location, uh, a real town. Uh as it turns out, uh she's the actress uh is uh Morgan Fairchild's sister. And uh yeah, yeah, and uh, her name is Catherine Hart, and she now is a acting coach in in Dallas. So I've gotten to know Catherine, and I told her one time, I said, I have, I, I, I own a copy of your movie, and she goes, Oh my God, what piece of crap do you have? <laughs> uh, and I and I I brought it with me, and I showed it to her, and she goes, Oh my God, that was her first film as an actress, uh, with speaking lines. That was her first film. And, um, but it was a, it's a, it's a, if you haven't seen it, uh, actually, I think that there's, uh, you can go on YouTube and somebody has downloaded the entire movie on YouTube, uh, and you can watch it. Uh, uh, like I said, uh, uh, that's probably my, you know, right in there with, uh, Legend of Augie Creek and, uh, uh, but those two, I think, are probably my my, my favorites. Uh, um, have you seen Have I you do, seen any of the recent ones that like um, exist in Willow Creek? 
Uh, you know what? I have. I actually went and bought a copy of Willow Creek, and and uh, um, uh, I enjoy it. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it, it's it's um, and I have to look at it. If you if you own the DVD, of course, I, I'm one of those guys. As an actor, I watch all of the behind the scenes stuff. And, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, and and I want to you know I want to know how they did it, and uh, and so um, you know Bobcat Goldthwait and uh, uh, and watching uh, the behind the scenes and seeing that he had like a skeleton crew of like five people, and right. they were shooting it. Yeah, you know, they were shooting this, uh, you know, and how they did this and how they, I, that's the part that I appreciate about that film is the, is the fact that they just took these cameras and they went, here's what we're going to do and let's go shoot it. And, and they, you know, it comes out and, uh, it's one of those, you know, being a lost footage film kind of thing like uh, Blair Witch. Uh, right. Project, uh, for what it is, I think it's a great film. Um, I haven't seen exist. Uh, actually, uh, uh, I, I you know, and I and I want to say this uh, because of the fact that, and I'm not trying to down it. It's probably a great film, and it's done by some really. Uh, professional people and they had some you know they had a great you know had a good budget and and everything probably looks awesome in it uh mm-hmm. i simply have an a, a, an aversion to any film that takes a bigfoot or sasquatch and turns them into freddy krueger or jason or some kind of serial killer that uh, you know the campers are out there and all of a sudden this thing comes in I, and it doesn't matter what the reason behind it is. Uh, they've turned him into a monster. I'm, and, I'm not a big yeah. I, I agree. I'm not a big fan of the slasher um, Bigfoot movies. I did enjoy Exist because of the the way it was done. But yeah, there's like you said, it's a lot. There's a. It seems to be the easy route to take is to turn you know Bigfoot into just uh, uh, right. Something like you said, you know, Freddy Krueger. Yeah, the the a, a movie monster. So yeah, yeah. And and I, I just have an aversion to that. And I and I, because it's not it's not uh, a real depiction. Now you're going to have people argue uh, with that point. Uh, and I've actually had an argument about this. Uh, you know, well, any animal can turn uh, deadly if it's backed into a corner. Sure. And that's a tr- and that's a true statement. You live in the Pacific Northwest. You're familiar with bears. Uh, you know, and you know the rules. Uh, you know, if you see a sow and cubs, you don't you leave. Uh, because even if that uh, bear has a perception that you're invading the space of her cubs, uh, you're going to become dinner. I mean, right. they're, they're going to come after you. So any yeah, animal, I I, I, yeah, can can be dangerous. 
and I would and I would suffice to say that this is the same case with a uh, Bigfoot or Sasquatch. You could it could be a a, a deadly encounter, um, and you know in some of the in some of the uh, ancient stories from the First Nations peoples and things like that talked about uh, you know deadly encounters. And I think in modern times that I can recall uh, being a deadly encounter where a human was killed. Uh, proof positive uh, by a Sasquatch or a Bigfoot. Uh, so that's why I have this this tendency to not enjoy as much those types of films. Uh, you know, and and I, I'm not downing the quality of that that movie at, at all. Uh, from everything I've heard, it's an excellent film. It's excellent. It's done. It was shot great. It looks awesome, and that's all well and good. Um, uh, someone actually said to me, "Well, this could be a movie made about it. It'd still be a great movie if they made it about Girl Scouts on crack." <laughs> and I said, "I said okay. Then why?" I said, "Okay. Then why didn't they make it about Girl Scouts on crack? Why did they take? Why did they take this?" seemingly benign creature and turn him into a, a, a bloodthirsty killer. You know, I mean, it, it, the argument can go both ways. And so, but I mean, that's just my personal opinion about it. And and when David and I talked about something in the woods, we wanted it to be, we wanted it to have a sense of realism that not only researchers uh, would would sense, but anyone that watched the movie, even if they weren't a researcher, that maybe they've had an experience, maybe they've had a sighting, maybe they've had something similar happen to them, and they can sense that this is, you know, you know, there's a sense of realism and reality. Uh, and I say that, <laughs> I say that, and in, in my mind, I'm thinking. A sense of reality in, in as much as we're talking about a creature that the scientific community still hasn't uh, accepted. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> right. Uh, uh, as much reality as we can without that, without that uh, that scientific tag of being a an actual living, breathing. Uh, um, so uh, that's you know that's where that that's where this film comes from. It comes from the heart. It comes from. Uh, known experiences and uh, 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 some technical stuff from from researchers and from reports and and that's uh, so that's where we're that's kind of where we're at with this and I, I can't be prouder of a film to be a part of a film I, I don't look at myself as being a great actor uh, I look at myself as being a uh, um, uh, as Kurt Russell said about his father, I'm kind of a plumber actor. Uh, I, I get up, I go to work. I get up, I go to work. Um, and I give, you know, I do the best I can, and I give everything I can, and and uh, hopefully that translates onto the film, and and uh, I play my part well, and everybody else plays their part, and and uh, people sit down in an audience with some popcorn or sit on their sofa and turn the lights off and watch our movie and really uh, 
get invested in the characters and the story and and at the end of it they go wow that that was a good movie uh it was a decent movie uh there i mean when i say decent uh not in quality wise but it was a clean movie it, there's not any uh, uh there's no bad language uh there's no you know anything like that you can watch it with your kids it you know it, that's the kind of when i say decent right uh, family yeah so we that something yeah that, that the whole family like like you said that's that's uh that's kind of lacking i mean you know we had harry and the hendersons which was not was spoofy of, of bigfoot but right Right, I was going to say, uh, you know, I didn't even think about Harry and the Hendersons a while ago. If I want to go that comedic route uh, with a Bigfoot film, uh, that's really the only one out there. And uh, right. uh, and I, I have to say, I own a copy of that too. So I I do enjoy watching Harry and the Hendersons, and and I. And I especially uh, uh, enjoy the work that Rick Baker did uh, on that on that uh, costume. And uh, one of the yeah that that was an incredible costume too yeah that was uh, right. And so I uh, you know um, and they followed along with a lot of the um, technical stuff as far as. Uh, some of the stuff that were said uh, in the script, you know, followed along with a lot of stuff that, you know, when they talk about the smell and the different things, you know, they... Right. Yeah, they touched on the... Yeah. My... I, I guess I, I don't know if that's my favorite movie, because I, I, I have to say my favorite Bigfoot movie is is uh, Harry and Henderson's, but as far as... Uh, ones that have more realistic. I really did like Willow Creek. Um, right. I, I'm, not, I'm not a I'm not a fan of the way it ended, but uh, it it's right. Uh, the tent scene the tent scene in Willow Creek was very like you're talking about would would uh, for a lot of Bigfooters that that uh, touched on on a, a very real experience that a lot of Bigfooters have had, where things are moving around outside the tent. You know, and the uh, uh, things being thrown at him. So that 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 scene in itself was awesome. But um, you know, oh, and seeing yeah. our friends in the in there, Tom, Tommy Amarone was in there, and Steven Stroyford showed up, and so it was a cool. Right. I mean, that that part was cool. I just yeah. wasn't a real big fan of the end. But, uh, you uh, know, it's kind of funny, it's kind of funny you said that. Uh, we filmed this movie. Um, about this time last year, we were on location, and uh, in October, uh, I had the chance to take uh, David Ford, the the guy who wrote it and directed and starred in it, uh, on an expedition. Uh, we went to Falk, Arkansas. Uh, of course, home, you know, Legend of Boggy Creek, uh, you know, and and all that, and. Uh, <laughs> uh, we had kind of a uh, an experience sort of like in Willow Creek. We were actually camped uh, in a campground area that's about six miles from, from Thalc. Uh, great, great, uh, very remote 
uh, and everything. And we had been out there for a couple of nights and and everything. And uh, he and I had a big tent, and he and I were on, in this tent. Uh, he had a cot on one side, and I had a cot on the other side. We'd been out late, and we got back, and we had nothing happen. And we come back, and everybody's going to bed, and you know, climbing into their tents and going to sleep and everything. I had laid down on my cot and had just barely dozed off. And uh, all of a sudden, I hear David go, Mike. And, I mean, just it startled me. He goes, listen. And we're laying there, and all of a sudden, just maybe, you know, uh, 50 yards, 60 yards from our camp, uh, we start hearing tree knocks. And we heard one, you know, like, yards this way and then on the complete opposite end of the campground we heard another one you know uh very pronounced you know very pronounced very very much uh tree knocks and we were the only people in the campground so i mean so we actually could can relate to that scene you know you you're laying in your tent and you're hearing these things uh you know so uh that was an experience for him uh, he was like wow i you know so that was his first, uh, like, Bigfooty kind of ex- having some kind of yeah. activity. Yeah. In, you know, that's cool. The movie, that, that yeah. the other movie that the the one, and I, it, it's way lesser known. It's kind of the West Coast version almost of Boggy Creek. It, but uh, and I actually saw it at a movie theater when I was a kid, and it was called uh, Sasquatch, like uh, the Legend of Bigfoot, and it was oh, kind yeah. of documentary style. Um, and they yeah. had a, and they had a, they actually had a clip of the, the Patterson Gimlin um, movie or movie. <laughs> Let's not call it a movie. The, the Patterson Gimlin film in there, and uh, and that that really hooked. Was I think the my first exposure to Bigfoot, and they actually handed out uh, stills of, of from the Patterson Gimlin film at the end of the movie, and and I I, I think okay. that that was the, the movie that. Uh, and and it was filmed in Oregon, so it was it kind of hooked me. So, and it's it, interesting the 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 cowman the cowman uh, incident because I I actually uh, used to be an investigator with the BFRO and and uh, Dave Ellis and and um, another gentleman whose name escapes me. We we investigated a, a report up uh, just outside of Aberdeen. Oh, it's been ten years ago, fifteen years ago, of a uh, a family that that uh, had uh, a, had a sighting like in close proximity to their their property, and it was it was it it was one that kind of uh, astounded me because it would have been uh, like sixteen feet tall and it was white, but uh, wow, yeah, so. Um, and the, like a number of years before, like ten years before we actually did the investigation that they'd had this incident, um, but the report right. came in, so we went and talked to them. And, but there was actually a stump that had been there um, at the time of the incident that was still there and was uh, twelve, like twelve feet high, I believe. And then, uh, in fact, when I talked to David this weekend, we were talking about it, and I, I thought. It, I had it in mind. I shrunk it down to 14 feet, but he said no. It would have been six feet, 16 feet tall, and because the stump, I believe, was like 
12 feet tall and it would have if, if they had seen it it had hit the the it had walked on the other side of the stump and the witness could still see it it, it hit it about the shoulder and extended above it considerably so that for wow. me you know i mean uh, th- there's certain things that and then um we had a really interesting conversation with their their young son who who had um been cutting out up apples at a little pond um there that uh and and uh, turned around and said there were uh two little white bigfoots uh looking at him um from a uh, up above there were there was you know they had a, a bank that that had been cut out by the house there so that was and and his son told the story and it was that that was very compelling to me i you know the sixteen foot tall bigfoot I was just like where the heck are they gonna hide <laughs> you know so the sixteen <laughs> feet tall yeah. that that'd be tough you'd think you'd have a difficult time uh, hiding in the woods but the right. the uh, back to the movie though it's always interesting to me because when we, you know, when we watch the final product of a movie, we we see it in in a, a time, you know, in a straight timeline, and that's not the way that movies are filmed generally. I mean, they're, uh, you know, no. <laughs> it's they're filmed in in scenes, and you could be filming, you know, the last part of the movie at the at the beginning, and um, right, that's got to be interesting putting that, and then I mean you. As a, a producer and the director and edit all that editing, you you take those pieces and put them together like a puzzle, which is fascinating to me. How you because you have that storyline all laid out, at, and you know what the right. pieces of the puzzle look like. But that's uh, um, it's kind of the magic of Hollywood. So yeah, really and, cool. and any filmmaker will tell you uh, a movie is actually made in the editing room. Uh, I, I think we did. Uh, we I think we had a a, a a golden rule on the set while we were uh, actually filming uh, that we we shot a minimum of four takes for every scene. Uh, we wanted to make sure we had the best. You know, we were trying to get we we would take as many takes as it took. I mean, we I mean. We would do as many as we as we needed to, but we we wanted to focus on a minimum of doing at least four takes uh, for every scene. Uh, then you compile that with how many scenes are in the film, and then and you're and you, of course you're shooting out of sequence. You're not you're not you're not shooting in sequence. Uh, right. And a lot of, and a lot of times you're shooting uh, uh, based on location. Um, you're filming uh, in one particular location and you don't want to have to keep going, you know, moving back and forth. So you shoot everything that you need to shoot at one location for the entire film. Then you move to another location and you shoot all of those things that are needed uh, for the film in that location, uh, whether they're in order or not. I mean, you just shoot them uh, and then that's how come you have, uh, you, you slate each scene, you slate, and, you, and every scene has its own number, uh, and has its own take, and then you, you know, then you know what sequence each scene uh, goes in, and you, that that shot list uh, goes to your editor, and he knows how to put them in in sequence, 
so the story flows, and then he edits them together in that in that time timeline. Uh, but it's I mean you've got a lot of footage. Uh, you're watching a, a movie that's an hour and a half, hour and forty minutes long. Uh, that took uh, effectively uh, with all the retakes and the pickup shots and everything else about a month uh, worth of filming. Uh, you know, spent a month just filming uh, the different scenes and the different, you know, and you have to, you know, you have to do uh, 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 what we call B-roll footage um, and and when I say B-roll, that's, uh, uh, you know, just pictures of the forest or pictures of, you know, of whatever set you're on or, uh, you know, picture of the car going down the road or, you know, uh, various things. And you have to add those elements in pictures of the moon, pictures, you know, uh, of the set, of sunset, you know, all these different things, these elements that you add in uh, between the scenes or with the scene to to uh, give a certain feel uh, to that scene. Um, so, I mean, in, in, and you're shooting all this out of sequence. And so you have to be, you have to know your scenes and you, as an actor, and you have to know what happened prior to that scene and what's coming up after that scene. Uh, you, so, you're, so when you're talking, when you're delivering your lines... And you're and you're in the moment. You're in your mind. You know what's coming up, so you know or what you, or what has happened. And so you're you have to get yourself in the mind frame of how you feel um, and deliver your lines accordingly uh, with that emotion. Uh, and it's really funny sometimes because uh, you may be doing a really dramatic scene. Uh, that in the movie looks just, I mean, you're just, it's just really dramatic. And, you know, between takes, you're, you're cutting jokes and you're laughing, but it's the ability to just to go into this scene and know. And if it's, if it's really, uh, I won't say, uh, if it's dramatically heavy sometimes, um, it, as an actor, you want to be by yourself. You want to be thinking. You don't, you know. And but if it's something that you know that you can just jump into and do it, you know, relax a little bit and just and you know what you're doing. You're focused on what you're doing. But if it's, uh, I'd say, if you're shooting a scene that's it's a death scene or something like that, and it's very emotional or something. There's something very strong about it. You know, you really need to. You, know, you have to step away from everybody and you know get that get that feeling going and then then you step onto the set and and shoot it and uh, and and hope that you, that emotion translates uh to the audience and I've always said as an actor I don't care if you if my character uh love him hate him you know whatever uh if I can draw out of an audience some kind of an emotional response, then I've done my job. Uh, You're not looking at a character. You're not looking at an actor playing a part. You're invested in that character, if that makes sense. And I I think everybody, yeah, we've all had that experience where, like, you know, you're you're either rooting for the the hero, you know, and 
or or hissing at the villain, you know, and and it does evoke that like real emotion about like ah, I hate that guy, you know. Which, oh so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. You either yeah yeah, and that's and that's the key. You're not you're not uh, you don't see an actor on the screen. You're, you're you're invested in that character, and I think uh, with the characters that are in this film. Uh, are going to be invested in this family and uh, how they feel and the emotion of it. And, uh, and it's kind of funny. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the one guy that's on the set that's actually been out in the field and researched for many, many years and everything else. And the character that I play uh, is the skeptic. <laughs> <laughs> that is ironic. You were the only member had, of the cast that was was a was a big was a quote unquote bigfooter. So you're the yeah, that, that's pretty cool. So did yeah, the other and, actors and, and stuff come to you and ask you about stuff? I mean, what was the like the feeling on the set about the topic of yeah, the subject I, of Bigfoot? Uh, well, I mean, since we were making a Bigfoot film, it was kind of hard to get away from the topic. <laughs> right. Uh, but it was it was it was interesting. Uh, yeah, I did have um, uh, actors and other actors during the film, and I, I'm going to say something right now. There's some some of the best actors. Uh, they're they're not known actors. This is an independent film, and these people all have uh, day jobs and everything else. But they're very very good actors. Uh, in fact, Caden Grisham, who plays uh, 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 the youngest son in the film. Uh, this was his first time acting ever. Uh, he'd never done a play. He'd never done anything. And he does such a good job in this film. He was the the young man that's in the teaser that we just sent out this last uh, weekend. And, oh, the, uh, seeing the seeing the Squatch stand yeah. up in the field? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice plan. That, that, this was his first uh, ever experience acting and did just an amazing job. Um uh, but yeah, I had other actors that would come to me and say, and they would just ask about experiences. They weren't asking for advice on how to uh, react or anything like that. Right. They, they just wanted. To they know. were. I mean, they did they were they curious about you, you know what, like you said, you're they're talking about your bigfoot experiences. What you yeah. know, and were they. Did, did anybody were they pretty skeptical about the idea that there was a Bigfoot? Were they open to the, the possibility? Did did you sway any I, of them? I want to say this. Uh it was about uh sixty forty. Uh sixty <laughs> okay. uh, of the people on set uh were actually kind of saying, you know, there's a possibility uh, there's a distinct possibility there's something out there, and and we don't know uh, everything, and 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 so I I you know I'm not going to say there's not one, uh, but I've never seen one. I, you know, um, there is uh, actually a couple of people that were on set that had had experience, so it was it was uh, it was it was uh, it was interesting, you know, uh, to hear their stories and. Uh, and we were filming in a location, and I, this is really cool. We were filming at night one night at this uh, farmhouse uh, that you see in the clips. Uh, 
And it was late, I, I think probably 2 o'clock in the morning. And actually the farm itself, the farmhouse, is located not far from uh, Caddo Lake. And, uh, of course, around that area, uh, you're not you're not that far. You're about an hour southwest of South Arkansas and the Louisiana state line. And, and uh, around that area, it's known as the Caddo Critter. But there's a lot of reports uh, all around that area. And we were filming uh, out in the middle of nowhere uh, at this farmhouse. I mean, it's very remote and surrounded by forests uh, on all four sides. And <laughs> we were between shots, and we were standing there, and I was kind of standing back watching them shoot this scene. And they stopped, and they were resetting the cameras and the lights. And and uh, back off in the distance, I heard... Uh, uh, several wood knots. Just, oh, that's interesting. You know, whack, 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 while we were filming, and uh, I, David walked over and was standing there, and I said, did you hear that? And he goes, I heard something. What was that? Somebody shooting a gun? I said, no, that sounded like wood knocks. I mean, they were just, it sounded like wood on wood. And uh, he goes, really? I said, yeah. So he went back to filming and everything and come back, and sure enough, it happened again. And he was like, yeah, I heard that. That was That's kind of crazy. So, uh, you know, we were filming in an area that's known for uh, uh, sightings. And, in fact, uh, Craig Woolheater with the uh, uh, TBRC uh, has the uh, annual uh, Texas Bigfoot Conference uh, in Jefferson uh, every year. And if you haven't got a chance to come to Jefferson uh, or you get a chance to come to Texas for that, you need to go down. And Jefferson is a beautiful city. Uh, very friendly people. Uh, uh, if you're into paranormal, even uh, Jefferson is known as one of the ha- most haunted cities in in uh, in the South. Um, uh, some really cool stuff there in town, and um, uh, the majority of the town is is very historic. A lot of very old, old, old buildings and hotels, and and uh, it was it was just a great building there. And uh, um, we're going to actually try, I think, uh, later in the summer, have a uh, screening of the film in Jefferson because a lot of the people in town, in the town, uh, support us so much and uh, we're a big part of it because we we have scenes that we shot right there in downtown uh, at uh, Kids Cafe and uh, at a couple of the churches and uh, different things uh, around town. Uh, for the film, and, and these people really went out of their way to help us. And uh, well, that's that's cool. I mean, it's, it's uh, oh yeah. Now that you, you I, I did want to mention your Facebook page because you're pushing really close to get hitting. Um, yeah, it's three three thousand three thousand likes on the Facebook page. Yeah, and, just before uh, we the just show, got about a minute and a half left to to wrap up, but people would. Uh, Go to look up something in the woods on on Facebook and give their page a like. Um, if they're real, they're what do you? I mean, you've got to be within twenty, thirty people now of uh, hitting that. So actually, just before the show, I checked it and we were at fifteen. We were fifteen away from having three thousand likes, and that was oh, my goal cool. uh, before we hit. Uh, uh, before we got to Ohio this next weekend, 
was to have 3,000 likes. And if you go to the Facebook page and you, and you watch and you're on Facebook a lot uh, and you, you like our page, this next weekend we're going to be posting pictures uh, from Ohio. We're going to be uh, some videos and uh, uh, we're going to get some uh, movie reviews from, our, from, the, from the speakers that are going to be there that are going to see the film and we're going to get some uh, uh, quick movie review videos and we'll be posting those out and any uh, information about when the film is going to be distributed and when we're going to be actually where they can find it and and all that kind of good stuff and, and they can go on their page and, and uh, find out about all the actors. Uh, uh, um, they It's just, it, you know, everybody that's in the film, all the pictures from behind the scenes uh we have kept pictures of the creature off uh <laughs> uh <laughs> off the page we don't want to give anything away and uh so uh so yeah i'm i'm excited about this next weekend i want to thank mark and everybody in ohio for for allowing us to come up there and and do this uh they're a great bunch of people and we're excited to come up and be a part of it uh and uh you know, everybody that was involved in this film, I, I can't say enough about the actors, the cast, the crew, uh, the people that, that came together to do this. It really was uh, an, uh, a labor of love, and I've never been on a cast or a crew that everybody pitched in, and and really, I think everybody on the film uh, at some point wore many different hats and uh, to make sure that things got done. And uh, and I think that makes it even that much more special to us uh, because we've all become very close friends because of it. And um, uh, that, to me, is, is as important uh, aspect of any film. Uh, if you can be friends, you can be, you got to be professional, you know, and it's a profession. Uh, but right. if you make friends, if you can make friends with the people you're working with, then that's just uh, that's just icing on the cake, and that, that was the that was the case with us. And uh, uh, I'd work with any one of them, uh, anytime, any you know, on any project. That, well, you know, that's kind of right. what I. <laughs> well, good luck this weekend. Let us know how it goes at uh, Ohio. I really appreciate you uh, coming on 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 the Monster X and. Uh, sharing about this movie because I like I said it I I like I like the idea the that um I, I always am look you know I think I think Bigfooters are hungry for a movie that has a uh, has a story to it. So um thank you for that and I look forward to seeing it uh either out in the theaters or, or on D V D really soon. And uh yeah well, uh, thanks again Michael for for joining us. You're very welcome. It's been a, you're very you're, a, you're very welcome, and I want to thank everybody <laughs> for listening. And yeah, uh, right. uh, you know, you know, we've already had a discussion about something else, uh, uh, possibly in the works, mm-hmm. and uh, and and I'll be talking to you about that uh, at a later date. But uh, uh, again, I think that I think we've got some cool stuff in the future, and and all these people that have been so kind to us and and everything uh we appreciate you uh, for being a fan of the film and and liking our our page and we will get the word out to you as soon as we know something i promise all right well, thank you so much, Michael. If, you're, 
You're welcome. And if you're in Ohio, if you guys are in Ohio, come by our table. We're going to be there with T-shirts and posters and and signing things and everything, too. So we look forward to seeing everybody in Ohio. All right. Well, that's all the time you have tonight for uh, Monster X. Um, Join us again next week uh, at 4 p.m. Pacific time for Monster X Radio. And uh, I hope that Shane made it home okay, got his flat tire fixed. But uh, we missed you, buddy. Uh, but we will we will uh, talk to you all next week. Thanks again for for uh, Monster X. Keep it squatchy. <laughs>